Hello there, everybody, and welcome to The Frozen Frontier. Today we are doing Ferris's prequel. So, Ferris, how's it going, man? Uh, pretty good, you know? I mean, uh, I was just on the show last week, so yeah, not, right. not much has been going on. Yeah, it's but... not been a month and a half or two months. Yeah. Oh, God, there's so many so many things to cover. Should we do, like, the 40-minute intro session really fast? Where we, we? Yeah. I mean, you usually talk about whatever game you've been playing la- latest, so I think we've got like yeah. six weeks of games to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, I'll, I'll break it up into a couple sections, but there's one that I should bring up today because I want to recommend a game to you, Neil. Mm. Uh, it's called Dragon's Dogma. And I remember when I first played it, there was like this little like vague sense of um, recollection that I had when I went through it. And later I heard that apparently Capcom intentionally made it to be reminiscent of circa 1990s D&D. And it has all these little things like you, you have a lantern, like everything's actually dark if you're inside at night and you can carry around like a lantern and you add oil to it. It's got like all these little things that aren't hard or necessarily mm-hmm. major to the gameplay, but they really add that little bit of extra experience to like adventuring around the world. Is this like a it's an second person action adventure? Yeah. Okay. And you like, you fight giant monsters. Oh, and the monsters, like uh, when you fight them. So, like, you could fight a Cyclops, and mm-hmm. if you attack its eye, you can actually, like, gouge out its eye and blind it. Hmm. Uh, if you fight, like, griffins, you can set their wings on fire and force them, like, crash to the ground and not be able to fly anymore. Like, it's got, you fight a lot of giant monsters, but it gives you a lot of tactics that you can employ against them. Is this primarily a single-player game? Mm-hmm. It has um, multiplayer components in that you, you make, like, a main pawn, right? And that's your, it's your primary ally for the game and then you can hire other people's pawns so you can have up to a party of four hmm. this yeah. is not a new game either no no it just got ported to pc like a year or two ago ah. but uh, i do yeah. like single player games i'm actually not a big fan of multiplayer games yeah the multiplayer component is pretty uh pretty minor it's neat because you get to like see other people's pawns and hire all sorts of weird shit i had a waifu on my team for a while the character's name was just literally waifu really hurt my role play. I made Van Heel sing and made my main pawn Malachi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Is this on Steam? Yeah, it's on Steam. I got like a, oh man, I got the perfect role play going for it too. I got like a holy scimitar called Cursed Light for Van Heel sing. Hmm. Well, I think Divinity Original Sin 2 comes out on Thursday. So this might have to go in a backlog somewhere. Mm-hmm. Although to be honest, I'm not really, I was super psyched for Divinity Original Sin 2. And after like watching the trailers and looking at the screenshots, my excitement level has like tanked pretty heavily. Really? Yeah. I have not watched anything about, I, I like to buy games knowing as little about them as possible, which is riskier, but I, I, I don't. I don't I, like knowing things about games. I understand. I don't like to build up on the hype either. It's like watching a trailer for a movie and then you're like, oh, well, now I know what that movie was. That was great. If I ever want to watch like the extended edition, I'll go watch the whole movie, you know? Yeah, literally the only game I've ever gotten hyped for that I did not wind up disappointed on was The Witcher 3. And even that had little things in there that really, really got to me, man. Yeah. Um, but, but I uh, feel like Divinity Original Sin 2 is falling victim to its own success it's like the first one was so good that the mm. second one got a bigger budget and they threw it all into like special effects and now like mm. it's mostly special effects i heard the writing got slightly more serious with two which which was like the biggest upside to me because my biggest issue with divinity was like it 
I, I liked the silliness of it, but it seems like it didn't have a serious bone in the entire game. Hmm. I, it, I never really had a chance to take that game very seriously. Like it was fun, but not uh, not particularly engaging. I could definitely see that, but I'm on the other side of it where I really liked the <laughs> the the goofy fun tone. Uh, but I could see how if you wanted like serious game, that it might have been a little bit uh, of a letdown. So we'll see. I'm definitely gonna play it, but I'm I'm a little a little miffed that it's just like everything looks epic at every moment in the game you can't make anything look cooler than this but that's like the entire game and it's just gonna be like so it's final fantasy basically yeah it's just gonna be like one bland kind of experience because everything is 100 like everything's turned up to 11 the entire way through and you're like okay my very first encounter, there's like a giant octopus attacking the ship, and it's like the coolest looking thing ever, but I'm a like first level character, so I'm uh, dealing three damage to the enemy. I see what you're on about, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like uh. the... I'm trying to think of a movie equivalent. It's like Die Hard... Uh, this didn't quite happen with Die Hard series, but like Die Hard 4, 5, 6, like all the subsequent Die Hards after 3 are all just like epic explosions and Bruce Willis is walking through fireballs just shouting his daughter's name looking for her while people die all around him. I mean, the real crime is still the original Die Hard being called a Christmas movie. Um, how is that a crime? It's not a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. It is not a Christmas movie. It is absolutely a Christmas movie. It's set during Christmas. It keeps reminding you that it's set during Christmas. And Christmas plays an integral part in the movie. That's why he's out there. That's why they're attacking this place when they're doing it. Because it's got a party. And because the police presence is low. Because all this other stuff is going on. Christmas plays a a critical role in the the film. It's absolutely a Christmas movie. Chris, it... It has a Christmas aesthetic. It is not a Christmas movie. It's because absolutely Christ- a Christmas movie. No. no. Give, give me your give me your best argument on this one, because I okay. I have strong opinions. <laughs> all right, how do I put this? Um. All right, so it it has that Christmas aesthetic. It is set during Christmas, but it does not. All Christmas movies basically push on the idea, like you know, Christmas themes, Christmas values, like giving, giving to others, um, charity, all those things. All those things are Christmas values. Die Hard is not about that. Die Hard is about a guy killing a bunch of terrorists. They're, they're actually can, bank it's, robbers. It's, they're, they're thieves, not terrorists. Whatever. Um. <laughs> and honestly, the people that he saves in Die Hard are kind of douchebags. Like, a lot of the people in it are not you don't feel like they're they're necessarily Christmas spirited people, but those are the people that he's working to save. I don't know. It's it's not it's not a Christmas movie because it's just a Christmas setting. It has a Christmas aesthetic. But it'd be like if I made a D and D session where you go out and you like invade Santa's workshop and fight like an evil Santa Claus where he's the final boss. That's not a Christmas session. That's just a Christmas like totally a Christmas session. session. No, no, man. Okay, I see where you're coming from, that it doesn't push the, the Christmas values. Yeah. I, I see that point. That's, that that's, would a, be that's valid on some levels. Just a realistic Christmas movie. <laughs> but if every Christmas movie is pushing Christmas values the whole way through, that really kind of like... Yeah, that's pretty shoehorning, right? That like kind of makes every Christmas movie the exact same thing because it's about giving. And that's like, there have been plenty of like Christmas movies that don't have very much to do with giving. 
Sure, but there's more than one thing that Christmas is supposedly about. Ah. It's not just about giving and charity. But Christmas yeah, is about family, and mm -hmm. this whole movie is about bringing a family back together. It's about family coming together <laughs> for the holidays. It's about a man wanting is to that, see his children and try to make about, up with though? his wife. That's the context. That's the entire point of the movie <laughs> is that, like, you know, I'm estranged from my wife because I'm, like, a good cop but I'm a bad husband and I'm going to try and get back together with her. And, like, it starts to be nice and he blows it. But then, like, he saves the day, kills all the bad guys and, like, rescues his wife. And they're like, well, maybe we can give it a shot now. Let's go see our kids. It's Christmas. And then, you know, it's all ruined by the next film, mm. which is terrible and not a Christmas movie. Die Hard 2 was definitely not <laughs> the worst movie ever. Never seen Die Hard 2. Spare yourself. It's like, it's kind of, it's basically the same thing, except it's set in an airport on Christmas Day. And like, there's, this time there's like terrorists trying to like uh, free some general or something. But the whole movie revolves around the this general arriving in this airport on the mm -hmm. same day that this massive blizzard strikes. And it's kind of like, really? How did you get the blizzard to strike the airport when the general gets there? And there's just like a lot of really gaping they, plot they stole holes the deep the entire. They stole the deep state's weather machine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, just... only the... <laughs> Only other thing, I watched the Death Note movie on Netflix, and that was absolutely just abysmal. It, it was awful. Yeah. But uh, other I don't than expect that, it to be so. Yeah. I guess I guess I have other games, but I can save those until until next session. Shenzhen IO, go play that. It's a programming game where you build circuits and write code. It's, it's fantastic. God. Oh god, that sounds as bad as Papers Please. No, no, no. You're no. just doing like no, no, no. menial work, and they've like turned it into a game. Oh no. So basically the way it works, it's very basic programming. Like it's, it's very simple assembly language. And mm -hmm. um, you, the, the challenge of the game is not that the programming aspect is hard, it's that you have very limited space to work with. So you're doing things that are very, it's a puzzle game. And it, it's, huh? it's meant to be reminiscent of work, but it's meant to be more like an idealized version of work where like you cut out all the bullshit and you just make things. Like you, you, it literally sets you up. Like I printed out a binder here, right? Oh, like I have a binder. That's my technical document organizer for this fictional company that I work at. I filled out a visa application for the, the People's Republic of China. <laughs> oh God, this is exactly like paper, please. They take some sort of job and like, let's make this really lame job into a cool video game. It, I don't know. It's, I don't it know. is a- I just, it cuts all of the like, you don't have any meetings with people. You don't have to worry about like all the usual bullshit that you have to worry about in a real job. It's just you, you make things and it's a, it's a fun puzzle game. All right. And the writing, the writing is actually really good. It's just, it's all told through like email chains with your coworkers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. They went, they went all in on the work aesthetic and oh my it's, God. it's genuinely good. Okay. I'll, I'll take your word on that one. I'm definitely not going to try it. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you like programming or you want to give programming a try, or if you like fun or you want to give fun a try, uh, <laughs> try out Shenzhenaya. All right, and on that note, um, let's come into game. Uh, Ferris, you are in your hometown. Do you remember its name? Um. I don't know. Do you want to just call it backwater? 
You're you're in this hometown who you have so little regard for. Its name doesn't even matter. Okay. Um. It has been a couple years, maybe, since the last time we stepped in. Maybe not quite a couple years, but maybe like upwards of a year. Yeah. Um, since the last event and. How have things been going for you with the the folks of this town? Um, who was the guy that killed the the remaining goblins? Was it Tyrone? Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like he's been like an increasing pain in Ferris's side because he's just mm-hmm. like he's so boisterous and also very openly racist. He's probably caused a lot of problems for Ferris. I feel like tensions are probably getting a little bit higher, but I don't know if anything like extremely bad has happened. Right, but it's just been like a growing yeah. animosity. Okay, um, so that's that's kind of the story of what how things have been happening here for the last mm-hmm. while. Uh, what is the tavern in the town called, or the pub, or the you know? We have a pub. The, there's some sort of common house where everyone like goes to hang out and socialize and. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, and eat and drink and that sort of thing. What is the place called in this town? Oh God. You're asking me to name things. This I'm is a this asked... is a dangerous mistake, Neil. My favorite <laughs> pub name ever was the Disillusioned Intellectual. <laughs> um, I could name it if you want, but I thought it might be nice to give some flavor no, to the no, game. No, do not do not give me the power to name things. I can barely name my own characters. Trust okay. me. The one thing I hate more, actually, no, there's nothing I hate more. I spent an hour and a half on the character creation screen in Morrowind. It uh, I I I'm horrible at choosing names. I like the ugly mug. Dread and chat suggested that. Uh, it's called the Royal Salon. Um, it's <laughs> right. it's there. It's the ta- it's the pub in town, the tavern in town, called the Royal Salon. And you're hanging out in here one day because, well, even racist elves who are ostracized from society need a place to come and drink and socialize and mm-hmm. get a hot meal when they're tired of cooking. Uh, and the doors open, and in walk three uh, short, hooded, cloaked figures that are obscuring their features. They don't go towards the bar, they kind of scout the area out for a little bit, standing next to each other, until one of them sees a, a table on the opposite side of the tavern from you. And, and the three of them go to that small table, it's really only designed for two people, but they mm-hmm. like snag a chair and bring it over. Uh, can I get you to give me a perception check? Yep. Right. Uh, I think my perception is 14. I'm just going to go with 14 for now. I'll grab my sure. character sheet. 21. Ooh, let's hope your perception is 14. <laughs> um, sure. You, as they sit down, you catch sight of a longsword strapped to one of their sides. Uh, it's a fairly elegant weapon. It's not mm-hmm. like any of the other kind of hatchets and axes and kind of crappy gear you've seen around here. It's definitely like some sort of prized possession longsword. It's got like a, a graceful um, narrowing sheath to it that is somewhat embroidered with uh, different colored bands around it. It's probably not actually silver, but some sort of like grayish metal and some brass and some bronze. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's slightly decorative. Okay. Um, the, so it... I, I don't see longswords very often, right? Mm-mm. Definitely not in this little village. I think Ferris probably walks around with his scimitar, or 
It's a no. It's a saber, isn't it? It's a saber. That's right. Yeah. God, it's been too long. I think Ferris tends to walk around armed in town because people tend to give him like dirty looks, like "Oh, you don't belong here, half mm-hmm. elf," and he, he kind of has that that like he's always armed as kind of this little uh, insurance of eh, what are you gonna do about it? Right. And Makes he, sense. Um, yeah, I feel like he probably has it like a little bit concealed, but he probably uh, pulls back whatever's whatever's covering up his sword to make sure that you know no trouble goes on in this bar. Makes it very apparent that he's he's armed. Sure. Uh, you know the people of this village better than you would like them, better than you would like to know them. Mm-hmm. And they're doing their best not to be overt, but you can tell that the conversations have changed. You know that, uh, Farmer Joseph is usually the sort of guy who, like, hunches over, puts his elbows on the table, and just, like, puts his head in his soup bowl and, like, shovels food into his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you see Farmer Joseph, like, leaning back in his chair, uh, kind of slightly facing away from the table, like, at an angle to his food, so that way he can see these cloaked figures out of the corner of his eye. And you know that uh, Marion, who is always, you know, dancing and playing some sort of musical instrument, has kind of stopped and is now, like, resting, leaning against a wall rather than being her usual silly dancing self. Um, you can just, you notice these changes in the, the atmosphere of the pub uh, at the approach of these characters. Okay. I think Ferris kind of has this moment of wondering if he should go over and talk to them. And he just kind of thinks about it and realizes who he'd be trying to defend. And he just says, I don't care if they all catch fire. And just goes back to drinking his, goes back to drinking. Wants to wait and see how things play out. I mean, they haven't done anything at this point. No, they just wanna, sat down. They're yeah, totally... doesn't want to be too... Um, Assuming, wants yeah. to give him a little bit of a chance before he does anything. And they're pretty short. They're like five two, five three. They're, oh, really? Yeah, they're not very tall. Okay. Um, that and you said they were all hooded, right? All hooded. Bunch of five two and five. The bartender, as right, Ferris, Ferris puzzles Ferris over is this. going to order a few drinks. There's three of them, right? There's three of them, yeah. He's going to order uh, four, I guess, glasses of wine if they have that. Okay. And he's going to take it over to that table. And try and get it as an excuse to sit down there. And I want to I wanna see if I can get a look at any of these people's faces. Because, like, shorter than average is pretty pretty typical of elves, right? Yes. So I, I want to, like, get a look at these people's faces. It's like, you, they're all shorter than, like, I would expect of a normal adult male, right? Or adult of an adult person. male, right. They could be females very easily. Um, mm-hmm. But they are they would be very short adult males. Okay, so yeah, I, I want to like, it seems like a like a long shot, but like maybe uh, Ferris's mom sent like elves down as like an envoy. Mm-hmm. Honestly has no idea, but something seems a little bit off about it. And he wants to see if he can get a look at their faces because I imagine elven features are pretty noticeable once you get close up. Probably. Definitely. I mean, you've seen your mom. She's just... Mm-hmm. Uh, so you head over uh, with your wine in tow, set it down, and the figures look up, and you definitely catch sight of one of them who looks up to meet your gaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely an elven male. Uh, probably the first elven male you've ever seen in your whole life. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. The figure looks at you, says, uh, thank you, in common, heavily accented. Okay. Is it like an elven accent? Because I do speak elven fluent. It is. It is an elven accent. 
I think Ferris sits down at the table and says, I have never met more than one other elf in my entire life, and today three walk into our tavern. They adjust slightly. You're saying this in Elven? Yeah. Um, and one of them says, Ah, you, you're a half-human. I prefer half-Elven. They exchange an uncomfortable look. Why would you pick your human side as default side? I think of it the other way around. Half-elven implies um, a human is normal and that you are slightly interbred with elves. Aren't you elf who has been slightly interbred with humans? Half-human. Wouldn't half-elven at least imply that I'm at least half-elven? If I'm half-human, then I could only be quarter-elven. One-tenth elven. Either way, I think we're getting lost in semantics here. Either way, I care far more for my elven lineage than my human one. But anyways, what brings you to this this bar? Uh, We are not coming to this bar in particular. We are headed down somewhere else. This is just rest point. People seem fairly friendly. Seems easy enough. They're friendly until you get to know them. Hmm. Hmm. Well. Are you from Silvus? There's a, a nod all around. Uh, do do we ever set my or Ferris's mom's name? Uh, if you did, I have long forgotten. Shit. Uh, chat, save me here. I'm going to look in my notes really fast. I'm going to give it like 20 seconds, then I'm just going to move on. I want to say it's like Lania or something like that, but I don't know where I'm pulling that from. I don't. Um, and I have no idea can... where my notes for this last session are. Yeah, if we don't find anything, I can work with Lania. That seems fine to me. Dan? <laughs> uh, it's short for Daenerys. Oh. Sure where I got that one from. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, okay, I think yeah, I found my just... Ferris notes oh. here. Awesome. I think I found them. If it's not in there, then we'll just go. Mother's name is time. Martha, and your Martha. hometown name isn't Backwater, it's Ditchwater. <laughs> All right. Oh my god, I'm. She's named Martha. She's Am named I Superman? Hmm. Martha's one of the primary gods. She's the goddess of life and creation. It's a very common female name. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, um, Ferris is going to, like, lean in a little bit and say, have you ever met an elven woman by the name of Martha? And I, I give, like, a brief description of, of her appearance. Uh, there's a Are slight chuckle Silva? through you, the... You came from Silvus. Through the group. Uh, There are many elven women named Martha. It is the most common name amongst elven women. I give a description and say, in the past year, she would have been traveling from from here. I Uh, imagine not too many elves tend to leave Silvis. Wandering uh, outside of our lands is much more rare. I figured you might have seen her on the road. I am sorry. We have not encountered any wandering female elves. 
Uh, Silvis is less than a year from here, though, so maybe... Maybe she's there? Maybe she returns to you soon, I don't know. Um, tell me, uh, young one, what is your name? My name is Yoon. Ferris. Excuse me? Ferris. Uh, they once again kind of like exchange uncomfortable glances. And this time they kind of lean in towards one side of a table and mutter to themselves. Still in Elvin, you might be able to catch a word here or there, but they're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, talk without you being able to hear them. And then they break up and they say, Ah, Ferris, um, that is interesting name. Where did you get this? From my mother. She's the one who named me. Uh, as far as I know, was my... your mother's mother and father? Do I have any idea? I know I know um, Martha <laughs> taught me <laughs> elven history, but I don't know if she taught anything about like our family tree. Yeah, I think that's all a mystery to you. Okay, I I don't know. I never learned much about my past. It's very interesting. Find elf, oh, uh, uh, half human. Named Ferris in Drekis. It's very interesting. Do you know somebody named Ferris? Uh, I am surprised to learn that you do not. Uh, they are, seem to be about to launch into something when mm-hmm. Tyrone waddles over. Uh, he's got, you know, some brass knuckles that he's found or had made for him at some point in time mm-hmm. that he's put on, one on each hand, and he sets his brass knuckled hands heavily onto the table and says, Alright, you guys. I don't like to see so many people whispering with so many weapons in my part of the world. So why don't you take off those hoods and tell me who you are before I make a mess of you. I and think Ferris, like a, Ferris kind of interrupts this. From the yeah, back Ferris of the kind bar. of interrupts this and just says, I just remembered, Tyrone. We have to be somewhere. Why don't you excuse us? And he, he starts to gesture to the elves, and he sort of gestures to the door. Uh, the elves take a little glance at Tyrone's brass knuckles. They take a glance at you. They pause for a moment, and then the leader nods slightly. They all get up um, and walk out. All right, and I, he'll take them back to uh, to his house. Uh, why did you let that human tell you what to do? I'd like to kill him where he stands, but that would cause more problems than it would solve. Hmm. And believe me, this is on the low end of the things I've had to deal with here. Does not sound like this is a very good place for you. No, you get used to it. Why do you stay? You are better than these people. You will live, maybe not as long as full elf, but uh, you will outlive all these people by a long time. Why stay? When I went up to you, you didn't understand that I was elven until I, until I started to speak our tongue. If I went to Silvis, do you honestly believe they'd let me in? Hmm. <laughs> you would probably not be very welcome. Uh, you, they, 
you would not fit in well. Your lifespan is too short to properly be member of society. Uh, you know, how, how can you go on 100-year mission when, you know, that is most of your life? Maybe half your life. Yeah. It's a um, not personal thing, just mechanical thing. You, Your life too small to fit in. Your, your soul is too small or big-souled society. It's okay. It's not your fault. All right. Anyways. But why stay here? There are many other towns. Uh, not everyone be big meathead. Everywhere else is filled with the same people. Humans don't change that much. Mm. And no matter where you go, that's where that's what everybody is. Sure, I might be able to find some dwarves if I travel far enough, but for the most part, I'm going to be living amongst humans. Mm. I don't think my circumstances will improve much. Elves aren't seen much outside of Sylvus. I don't think I have very good odds of finding more more accepting folk anywhere. I suppose life for someone like you must be difficult. No fit in anywhere. Awkward-sized soul. Well, enough of that. What, what were you going to say before we were interrupted about Ferris? Ah, uh, uh, well, um... Hmm. You know of the legend of um, Caldonia, the southern continent. Yes. Um, my grandfather, his name Yin, he was born on Caldonia. My, my father was born there too, but sent away uh, just a, a few years before, well before the gods brought the wrath upon the people. Hmm. Once upon a time... No. Wrong way of saying. Uh... We are here. We are going down to southern Drekis, to Winterlands. Uh, mystics back home have long said that when Caldonia uh, became like Icicle, that a few elves survived um, and escaped to the Frostlands, to the Winterlands, to Southern Drekis, to a land of always snow. We are here looking for them. Uh, they're probably not alive. They're probably quite dead by now, but... We are looking for remnants of them, uh, looking for evidence or proof, um, looking to return their bones, and learn more about what happened down south. And one of them was named Ferris. Uh, no, Ferris was name of great elf sorcerer. Uh, not elf king, but... Um, you would not understand position in society, but great elf sorcerer back in Caldonia. Long time ago. Uh, probably died with the frost. Maybe escaped to Winterlands. So, half-elf here named Ferris is, uh, interesting. Maybe you related to great sorcerer? But if so, why would uh, your mother not tell you? And he kind of looks at your sword and goes, you also don't look like sorcerer. 
No. I'm gonna shut the window really fast. Sorry about that. No worries. No, no, I've I've never practiced in magic myself. Hmm. Have you tried? No. Maybe one day you try. Maybe you secretly sorcerer all along and do not know. Perhaps. Could you fund me the, the 5,000 gold to buy my first spellbook? <laughs> that is not given to you? That is not gift down here? Oh, human society is so crass. Anyone in Silvis uh, show potential for magic. Free pass on training. Education for all. I think, I think Ferris kind of like very di like with great difficulty kind of trains his expression into a more neutral neutral face and he says so the frostlands you truly mm. think they fled there well it is known that no one lives in caldonia so if elves survived uh, must be in frostlands caldonia is dead well I've never been to the Frostlands myself, but I can tell you they're probably not much better. Frozen year-round. Mm. No real mm -hmm. change in weather. Why would they stop there? Why not head further north? Maybe go there and not make it all the way? Uh, maybe they were leaving just as freeze happened, make it to lands of winter, not make it any further. Uh, maybe afraid of humans and make camp? Uh, we, we do not know. Um, this is why we come. To find out. Hmm. There is a place in the Frostlands, the Cinder Springs. I've never I've never been there myself, but if it's any sort of... Supposedly the water there isn't frozen, which might mean it's some sort of hot spring. It's possible they could have survived there. It would have been a source of warmth. Hmm. Well, we are going to look. <clears throat> Maybe... You leave all these people behind. Uh, it could be very helpful for us to have uh, half-human travel with us in order to mm, smooth things over along the way. Uh, not everybody has been as friendly as your buddy back there. Uh, we have had less warm welcomes in other towns. Really? You're sure my soul's not too small to fit into this party? For our purposes, you will do quite fine. And please, do not think that is a disparaging remark. Uh, I am stating uh, fact of nature, not uh, value judgment upon you. You know, like, a, you are much taller than me. That is not value judgment. Your soul is much smaller than mine. Not a value judgment, just the way things are. Wait, how tall am I? That's a good question. Oh yeah, I am really tall for, for a half-elf. I'm 5'7". Yeah. First kind of thinks there's something about this guy that really uh that really kind of puts him off he doesn't fully trust this there's just like something about this person that that ferris doesn't feel is right but at the same time it's not like he has anything good to look forward to here mm -hmm. and he kind of thinks it over and says all right unamir i'll travel down to the frostlands with you Excellent. We helped you burn house down. 
burn the house down? Am I not coming back? Uh, is that not how people do things here? When they move away, they burn everything down? Not Do you want to come back? They look, like, exasperated. No. Paris kind of thinks about that for a second says, I suppose not. Why would normally you come people back? Wouldn't, people wouldn't normally burn their houses down. I mean, it's it's a perfectly good construction that other it's, people it's, could It's, um, not, of course, I'm sure your construction is... Uh, very fine for human land buildings, but uh, is symbolic of uh, moving on in life. Burn house down is a clean slate. Uh, oh, I see. Uh, your lives very short. Time to build new house. Long, problematic. It's less, it's less the time span and more the cost. Apparently, you can you can front thousands of gold for anybody who shows potential in magic, but most people here are struggling to get by. But Why honestly, not? now that I think about it. Fuck those people, let's burn this house down. Hell, we help you burn house down. Uh, you have pitch, you have... Uh, what, 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 I can what get us kindling. Have? I have flint and steel, I can get us kindling. We can make Excellent. a fire by tonight. Excellent. Ooh, that's fast fire. Let's take time. Uh, we want good bonfire. Um, hmm, we will need uh, bright powders. Hmm, is there a major town nearby we can get flash powder? We must have multiple colors when house burns, you know? Red for the doors, green for the chimney, uh, blue for the windows. Must be big ceremony. Do I do I recognize, like, this idea of flash powder? Probably not. I think this is a, a strange concept they're giving you. Okay. How close are we to Solwick? Um... I know it's like a little bit north of, I mean, Solwick's pretty close to the Frostlands and I know we're somewhat close to that. Yeah, so I maybe you guys are like halfway, let me bring up the map for chat. Maybe you guys are like somewhere, you had fought with goblins, right? So you, you maybe you're somewhere in this region over here because there's mm -hmm. goblins that live in that part of the world. So you're right. probably closer to Thickleglade than you are to Solwick. Okay. Well, there's. I don't think we'd find anything. Flash powder? I don't. I don't think we'd find that here. But there, there's a there's a larger town nearby called Thickleglade. If we if we're willing to make the diversion, we could stop there. They might have it there. There are nods all around. If we're really desperate, we could go to Solwick. That's a that's a larger settlement. Hmm. We try Thickleglade. Uh, we get what we need. We come back. We burn house. We go on. Uh, ooh. Um, how, awkward question, um, how many years left in your life? Uh. You, uh, we, we do not see many half-humans, um, cannot tell very well if you are very old, right, or... Right, right, I understand. Uh, if I'm very lucky, 200. Okay, you More have time. More likely 150. Okay, you, you have time. Uh, you, you not die on five-year quest, it's okay. No, no, no. Okay. I'd be withering away before that, I imagine. Good, good. Um, and so, uh, do we? Do you have anything you want to like role play in Thickleglade? Uh, I no, don't have any no. stories uh, there. All I, to... all I really want to do, like the whole time we are traveling together, Ferris is constantly asking about Elven legends, mm. and I want to compare them to what uh, Martha told him throughout his life. Because, like, there's something about this guy that still puts him off, and I'm not sure if he'd be bullshitting about, like, actual elven legends. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, I, I, I guess I'm just kind of staying a little bit skeptical and wary. But yeah, Ferris is constantly asking about things and trying to learn a little bit more about the Elven people. Okay. Uh, so you, he will answer your questions. He seems to be very patient with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, the other two people haven't said a word yet. They've let this guy, Yoon, uh, mm-hmm. do all the talking. Um, the legends that you guys are sharing have the typical sort of inconsistencies that you might have if you're talking to someone else about a legend, right? Like, if we're right. if we're talking about Bloody Mary, I'll be like, oh yeah, she used to inhabit the bar next to my elementary school, and you're like, that's bullshit because Bloody Mary inhabited the bar next to my elementary school, and you know, you know how mm-hmm. urban legends right. yeah, are yeah. slightly different around the place. So but the the gist is more or less the same between them, right? Yeah, the gist is more or less the same between, I want to say, like, 90% of the things you ask. There are going to be a few that differ pretty strongly, but overall you get the feeling that your mother was telling you the truth or was telling you the same sort of things that this guy is. Yeah, I think I was more suspicious of this person, and he was was trying to learn new things, but he was also sprinkling questions that he already knew about to Mm -hmm. try and see if he could, like, test this person's authenticity. Mm -hmm. But, um... Once he's a little bit more comfortable with that, I think he just tries to learn as much as he can about things he doesn't yet know. Okay, excellent. I think this is going to be a good place for our first break. Um, sure. No, let's not. Let's come back and do the house okay. burning, and then we'll do the first break. So uh, you get you go to Thickle Glade. It's maybe a half day from where you are. Uh, is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. No, not prob- even a half day. So yeah, um, you managed to get there. But they find a shop that will sell them the correct sort of uh, flash powders and uh, mm. powdered metals. Um, and then they walk you through this like long process of setting up your house. Like you can get it so it'll burn down, no problem. But they right. put these like powders in these um, uh, like bolts of cloth. And so that mm. when the cloth begins to burn, it'll like unfurl and can like dump the powder out in a, a sheet, which will then, you know, as the, the house goes up, it'll like create this like jet of blue color or this jet of red color that kind of like falls and flares everywhere. Fer- Ferris um, is like asking every possible, like, what is the purpose of this? Like, why why do you use flash powders when you burn these things down? Is um symbol, symbolic, right? Uh, Red is symbol of um, heart, is symbol of, you know, home, so you, we put on front door. Blue is symbol of, like, hopes and dreams and looking forward and prospects and future and vision, so we put on windows. You know, um, green is life, is energy, so we put near fireplace because fireplace is center of all home. Without fireplace, everyone die. Uh, you know, and he kind of gives you these explanations, but they're all kind of like loosey-goosey, touchy-feely, mm-hmm. hippie child bullshit. Like, you know, it's right. all about the symbolism, man. Like, the moving on of these things. Okay. Uh, how does how does Ferris respond to this, like, really touchy-feely, get in touch with your symbolism so you don't have bad juju when you burn your house down? Uh, it seems weird, but humans also bury their dead, so... I mean, every, every culture has its weird and nonsensical practices. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, which which seems... Like, every every dead body just waits for its opportunity to come back to life and eat people, so you would think <laughs> we'd start burning them, but no. No, we'll just bury them instead. All right. Uh, you guys burn the house down. Yep. And when you do people from the town come running, freaking out that, like, the forest is gonna catch fire. And there's like the three oh, elves. No, no, no. I think Ferris. Like, I think around. Ferris has taken like 
care in setting that up to make sure the blaze isn't going to like spread to any nearby trees. Absolutely right, but the the like townspeople Ferris does have a respect out. for nature. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just, the like, I, I want to. He does have that. Like he doesn't want to burn down a forest. Ferris right. does not start forest fires. Good, good. That lesson has been learned by all the people of uh, Oregon. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I read that story. That was mm, that was aggravating to read. Oh yeah. No, I um I had a player who basically burned a forest down to kill a giant spider once. Oh, it's like, oh yeah, you're in the middle of a forest, and they're like, yeah, no, I'll do the flaming sphere or whatever it's called, and I'll roll right. it around anyways. And yeah, let's just start <laughs> forest fires. That's great. Yeah. I think they got executed. <laughs> I mean, it was like the 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 village or city or whatever it was basically survived off of the forest, so right, kind of fucked them. Yeah, don't don't burn forest down, kids. Yeah. Um. So the people come out, they see the house on fire, and then they see those like bolts of colors, and they all kind of like, they originally were coming up very angry-like, and they kind of mm. stop when they see these bright colors flaring off of it, and maybe retreat a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, the elves at this point have like taken their hoods off and are very clearly elves with, you know, big pointy ears. Yeah. Uh, and the townsfolk give you all a wide breath, but as like, the fires begin to burn down a little bit, and as you guys start to leave, the village elder approaches you. Um, we don't remember. His name is Dingus. Mm -hmm. uh, and was standing... he the person who said that I was cursed, or is that the person who was trying to get people to go see? No, Helga is the person who said you were cursed. Okay. She's the oracle. Uh, Dingus is the village elder and Tyrone's grandfather. Okay. Um, Tyrone's standing right behind uh, Dingus, and Dingus says, Ferris, this is the last straw! You can't just burn things down! And who are these strangers that are helping you? You've brought foreigners into our home? You have to go! That was the plan. Ferris just kind of like sits there and looks at him for a second. I think like, he probably was being back. kind of like deferential for the most part, when he lived in this village. So he didn't want to start problems with people, and he just doesn't give a shit anymore. Mm -hmm. And he just, like, says that strip and just kind of, like, looks at him with this very flat expression and just kind of, like, meets eyes and doesn't say anything else and kind of waits for him to say something. He just kind of steps back to Tyrone's side and kind of elbows Tyrone a little bit, who steps forward and goes, That's right, Ferris. We don't want to see you or your ugly friends around here ever again. If you come back, I'll bash your head in. Oh, Tyrone. Perhaps one day I'll return just to kill you. And then Ferris starts to, like, walk off into the distance. All right. Uh, you and your companions walk off into the night as the embers of your house burn down. Uh, the occasional puff of color going off here or there from some small, unburned bag of powder. And this is where we will take our first break. Uh, see you guys on the other side. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and we are back with some more Frozen Frontier prequel episode. I think it's been entitled Lost Legends, actually. Hmm. Um, so you and these elves set out for the Frostlands. Let's take a look at this area on our map. Um, the journey there is fairly uneventful in terms of encounters, but is there anything before you get to the Frostlands, which they keep calling the Winterlands, that you would like to know <coughs> or ask them? Um, 
Honestly, like, I, I don't know much as a player, but I think Ferris, like, the entire time, he does not stop. Like, he wants to learn as much about the elves as he possibly can. Okay. And he's going to ask every, like, day-to-day uh, -day life, like, how things are arranged. They're like, are they in, like, cities? Do they live in trees? What? How, how does Sylvus work? What What is life like there? I think it's a big one for him. Okay, so the, their answers to that are kind of like, ah, rumor we live in trees is half-truth as usual. Um, Tree houses? Uh, hmm. Rather than build house in tree, <coughs> we, we grow trees in certain pattern, and as they grow, we shape their path so they build houses with their trunks. Um, this does mean as you get older, your house gets a little bit smaller, uh, but it's okay. <coughs> Um, so we, we have trees, houses, homes made of trees, but made of, but not cut trees, as a living mm. trees. Um, right. Uh, there, and then he talks about the different types of trees. You know, if you just need a house quickly, you can use this type of tree, and you can have a house in ten years. But if you want, like, a really cool house, like, and you got the time... You can make, you can plant like these redwood trees and then slowly shape them and it'll take a couple hundred years, but at the end you're gonna have this like beautiful redwood house that's also like fireproof. Um, and so he talks about the different ways that you can shape trees to build your homes and then, you know, you gotta be careful because you can't really do basements. So you dig the basement ahead of time and you line it with these things and crafting the roots to go around the basement's difficult. So you're going to need to actually bring in a sorcerer in order to help mm -hmm. them like move the roots away from your house. And you have to make sure you distance your house from these other places. And then as the trees grow, you can like have them move aside and build like upper rooms. Uh, and if you're very careful, you can even build steps or you can like add steps on the outside with like typical nails. If you want to be crass about it, or if you didn't, decide you wanted a second story until it's too late or maybe you can like grow vines and kind of talks about how you rather than um build with nature like humans where they like destroy to create the elves try and just create with the creation they try and like work mm -hmm. with the woods rather than use the okay. woods as tools and uh what oh yeah there's this I know this might seem like a bit of a, a very small time frame to someone like you, but what is day-to-day -day life in Sylvus? What do you what do you do? And Ferris kind of gives like a, a brief idea of like what people tend to do in human lands and how it's like mostly work. You know, like people tend to so fields. I think Ferris did hunting mostly, mm -hmm. and he, he kind of like goes in like daily life is mostly like this kind of work. And like I, I'm trying to gauge sort of what people tend to do. Um, you're getting the impression it's very similar sorts of things like you know um his family is a group of farmers they have their fields and they you know their fields a little bit more complicated because they're tiered so they've got the like upper field and then the lower field is where they plant their roots and that sort of thing and they use mm -hmm. you know this to help like you know grow terraced vertical terrace farming in a way that vertical terrace farming doesn't really work in the real world um and they'll do these things and their methods are a little bit more efficient and the elves are actually a lot smaller than people, so they don't need as much food, actually. And so their lives sound pretty relaxed. It sounds like they just kind of grow food and then hang out and socialize. 
and talk, you know, grand concepts and philosophy and make music and make art and make poetry. It sounds like some sort of like weird utopia where people are just like happy to do their jobs and everyone just gets along and spends all of their time just like socializing and doing wonderful things. It it sounds like impossibly peaceful. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like if we cut all of the bullshit out of our societies. Maybe. Maybe okay. something like that. Um, but it also sounds like there's not like there aren't problems that arise in between people. Like the elves all just magically yeah, get that's, along that's all what the time. I, that's what I meant. That's what I meant okay. by bullshit. Yeah. I, I actually, I think he asked that. Like, how do you deal with conflicts? Um. Like, have you ever had a land dispute with another with another group? Have you ever had any sort of feud between another another family? Uh, our people are very closely knit. We all live together for a long time. We all know each other. Uh, when there is problem, which is not often, uh, we sit. We bring in other people. We all talk about it for days or weeks, um, and we come to peaceful resolution. Uh, because we must live together for, you know, a thousand years. So, uh, you know, it's bad to be unhappy with neighbor, who is probably 10th cousin anyway. Hmm. You know, it, why be angry? Uh, work problems out. Be peaceful. Uh, occasionally, we have problems with monsters, with neighboring countries with um, people who cannot be reasoned with. Uh, mm -hmm. These problems are best avoided. Um, appeasement is good option. Um, appease for 20 years, then they die, then you get your way in the end. So just kind of let the problem go away. Uh, most problems go away mm -hmm. if you just leave them alone for a couple decades. Or new problem arise, and then that problem takes care of other problem, and you just leave alone. Now, time solves all things. Just sit back, take your time, everything okay. Just leave it alone. Mm. Uh, some very rare time, people threaten our lives, uh, and this is where practice of bow and arrow come in. Stay far, far away, murder, <laughs> very sad. Oh well, their lives very small. <laughs> Move on. Uh, Ferris is tempted to ask how how elves deal with the dead, but I'm worried that then we'd have to confront whether or not Ferris is just a psychopath. <laughs> but maybe, maybe I'll skip that question for now. I can I kind of want to leave the audience's suspense on that one as much as myself. Good. Ugh. Alright, so eventually you guys get to the, the Frostlands. You move south yeah. of Solwick, you, you cross the the Bone Run. Yeah, it, so Ferris is going to be asking questions the way. If there's anything that you think is interesting that you want to talk about, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing that as a player, but otherwise... Yeah, we'll, we'll, the, uh... we'll definitely get to there. Okay. Um, so as you get to the Frostlands, you've been traveling for a few days with these people now. They ask you one more time. Uh, so, you sure your mother never tell you story of... Um, great sorcerer named Ferris. No, I know there were elves on the southern continent. I didn't know much about them. Mm. 
I didn't. I don't think I learned anything about any specific elves in the south. Uh, they were like all elves. They were masters of the land. Um, but outnumbered. Um, we uh, we take time. You take a few hundred years to raise two children, maybe three children, maybe four children, but you take hundreds of years to do it. <laughs> do it right. You know this person will be around for a long time. Raise the child right. Take time off work for a few centuries to, you know, make proper children into proper people so they're not so angry. Um, humans, uh, no offense. Uh, Spread like vermin. I yes, they're, they're like rabbits. Uh, you look back, and all of a sudden, there's a hundred of them. Um, so elves, master of continents. Uh, humans breed like rabbits, and then they're just everywhere, and uh, humans were less than kind. More like orc down south. Uh, I heard the elves were wiped out when the when the world split. Is that not is that not the case? He nods. It yes yes. Every all life on Caldonia did. We have um, scryers. We have diviners. They uh, use orbs. They use magic. And look on Caldonia, no life. Just remaining plants that flash froze and don't move. Hmm. I suppose my point dead. was more that you make it sound as though the elves were more or less wiped out by the humans before the before the continents ever split apart mm, or froze mm, over. Well, <laughs> elves are very resilient. We're very smart. We're very careful. Uh, not wiped out, um, but habitat, territory, uh, reduced, cut back. Humans, uh, Caldonia, big forested mountainous continent, beautiful place, uh, all sorts of rare trees. Uh, humans come, they burn forests, they chop down in order to make uh, land for farming, but uh, human farming, stupid and inefficient. Um, they need chopped down trees in order to make food for themselves and for grazing <laughs> land for the cows that they then just kill and then raise more cows and graze them and kill them and it's just a big problem. Uh, much of territory badly damaged. Um, humans make big erections of stone all over place. It is a very tacky, very crude. Um, cause many, many problems. Um, push elves out of the way. Elves do best to survive. Great sorcerer, Ferris. Um, wise man. Help keep humans at bay without without um, causing bloodshed. Uh, no like to kill. Killing is... I mean, even little soul killing, not such a good idea. So, try not to kill humans where you can. So... Yeah, uh, but legend says, uh, mystics say some elves survived, must be here up here in Frostlands, uh, but cannot find with scrying balls where they landed. So we look around, we find them. My grand, my father, he left Caldonia uh, 
just a few seasons, uh, ten, five, ten, fifteen seasons, um, before Big Freeze. He grew up in mm. Caldonia. Has a right. many tales of unpleasant doings of people. Says uh, Elven population became very small before world froze. I see. Very sad. Well, we should make sure we get some preparations for the Frostlands and Solwick. Mm, yes, we'll be here a long Warm time. Clothes. We need build house. Okay. Uh, not long enough time that we build, make house traditional elven way. Uh, we must do crude human house. Sure, we can, we can skip past having to cut down any trees. We can just buy wood in Solwick. Oh. Save you the save you the the tragedy of having to cut down any trees yourselves. Hmm. He shuffles around in one of his pockets and produces a handful of iron coins. Uh, how uh, wood expensive? Uh, not we... sure. Of, not sure. We we cut down our own trees when we when we make our houses. Usually, villages don't tend to have enough money circulating through them to buy expensive projects like that. Hmm. Okay. But it's possible. Either way, I'd say more important is that we buy winter clothes. Want to make sure we don't freeze to death on the job. Mm, we come prepared with winter clothes. Maybe you need some. Uh, come, we, we buy wood and we build house. Uh, um, so you guys can go into Solwick. Uh, you can purchase some basic lumber yeah. that you'll need for Do a I... house. Yeah, and then they're they're buying me. Uh, should I get like? High, would this be the point where Ferris gets his hide armor? I think like so. He, okay. I think this so is he, where he gets like the thick furs that basically function as hide armor. Right, and you probably have had some amount of money from that you've been storing up your whole life. So the elves aren't mm -hmm. buying you stuff. I think you're probably spending the okay. remainder of your life yeah, savings on this. Sure. Um, when the lumber... I mean, if they're building a house, I can't. I can't really complain. <laughs> right. They're they're buying the lumber to build a house, and he's uh. All right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just need to check something here. Come on. Load. There we go. It is... Ooh, okay. Um, so, the uh, when the lumber is bought, one of the elves who hasn't spoken yet uh, casts a spell, uh, and for the first time, you really get a, a, a hearing of her voice and a female elf. Mm -hmm. um, you had a little bit of trouble telling them apart here. Most of the time, yeah, the trouble. Actually, with their one thing up. I want to ask. Mm -hmm. I wanted to like. I think Ferris, when he gets the opportunity, would try and like sneak a glance at their faces because they're very quiet. Yes, they and that's do. a little bit weird. Um, and I, I want to make sure they're not like you know zombies or something like that. Uh, they're most definitely not zombies. At least they're not okay. like rotting, decaying zombies. Okay. Well, the do they do they look like they have some color in their faces? Their eyes don't look dead inside. Right. They they okay. look pretty alive. Okay. Um, one of the the one the woman casts a spell, and a large disc just appears above the ground. It's maybe like fifteen feet across. So it's like mm -hmm. a 15 foot diameter disc. It's huge. Uh, and the humans in the area kind of freak out when this disc uh, comes into appearance. And then the elves like load up all of their heavy stuff onto this disc. 
and then yeah, it just kind of walk and it floats behind them. Yeah, I think Ferris is trying to like temper his reactions to um, kind of seem like he fits in a little bit more with this elven group and he like mm -hmm. keeps a very straight face through all this. All the humans are like gasping around him and he just kind of stands there with a pretty blank expression. Like this is par for the course and normal and he's trying his best not to freak out at the idea of magic going on around him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and this disc just kind of floats with all the lumber and they, they walk into the Frostlands, and this just kind of floats beside you guys for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. A couple as of days? A couple of days, yeah. Um, as the elves poke around in the area looking for what they determine is a suitable house, uh, housing location, which when they finally pick one, makes no sense to you. Like, this patch mm -hmm. of woods looks like any other patch of woods. In fact, it... Like this, this, they're like, ah, this is the place we must build here. And you're like, what the fuck? This is just, what? What? And they're like, trust me, trust me. We know we've built houses before. It's fine. <laughs> this is this is the right place. You don't want to build anywhere else. Just right here. And, um, also, mm -hmm. hurry up, chat. Look up the duration of Tensor's floating disc so I know how much experience I'll get from murdering this wizard. Tensor's floating disc is only three feet in diameter and lasts for three turns plus one turn per level. So this person's is, like level 400. No, because the disc is much larger than Tensor's floating disc. This must be oh, a... Oh, it's a custom spell. A higher level, like Tensor's other floating disc or something. Okay. <laughs> it's yes. female elves' better floating disc. <laughs> superior Tense, floating disc. Tensra's floating disc. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tensra's superior floating disc. I like this. Yeah. Um... So the, they build the house with you for a little while. Um, and during the, the time, they start telling you a little bit about what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, so we are looking for um, uh, two, two things. Um, where elves arrive when they reach uh, Winterlands and where they build home. Uh, those are two most important things. Uh, within those areas, we look for artifacts, we look for remnants, maybe we find journal. I mean, 1,500-year-long time, but maybe we find journal, who knows? Uh, you know, any sort of thing, uh, preferably body, unless body is properly burned. Um, right. I is, don't it, know. is there knowledge about, like, that cinder spring? Is that known as, like, a hot spring or something? Yeah, but the connotations okay. around this area are a little bit more like creepy about it right i'm just wondering more about like it, it is known as like a hot spring like it's a warm yes. place okay yes. so ferris is going to say if they landed to the south it gets colder the further south you go if they wanted to survive they likely traveled north i i still think that cinder spring is going to be our best bet if we're looking for where they would have built shelter it would be right next to the hot springs mm. Mm. Uh, elven historical texts say Cinder Spring, uh, part of Great World Splitting. Uh, before World Split, no Cinder Spring. After World Split, Cinder Spring. Elves, uh, probably do not know it exists. Uh, maybe they stumble across it. Possible. Maybe Cinder Spring is remnant of elven society down here. Don't know. Uh, but good idea to look. Yes. And if they're not there, then they probably die. I mean, if I was traveling north through this place and I found the hot springs, that might be the first place that I'd settle down, at least as a temporary shelter. Yeah. If there's nothing there, then they probably died further south. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Either way, I think we have a long trek ahead of us. Okay. Um, so you guys continue to build your house. Mm -hmm. uh, and they will frequently kind of like leave you to do some of the manual labor while they like go off and bring back food, um, which is maybe a little awkward because it's typically your job to be the hunter. Mm -hmm. And here they're like, no, no, no. You know best how build house this way. We never build this way. Uh, you build house, we go get food. And then they bring back, you know, various types of animals or whatever. I can't um, really complain too much. They are fronting the cost of the lumber. So mm -hmm. I think I think Ferris kind of accepts it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's too miserable. It's cold here, so he's not, like, dying from, like, heat and overexertion. Like, it's probably tiring, but it's probably... Like, doing a lot of exercise in a cold place is a little bit easier, in my opinion, having done yeah. that before. It's a little less miserable than when it's 90 degrees out. Um, so then one day, while you're being left behind to do all this work... Mm -hmm. um, they just don't come home that night. Like, you do you finish your work for the day, put your feet up, kind of expecting them to come back, and they just don't show up. Like, it gets dark, and they've always been back before the night falls. Something about, mm -hmm. like, being with family when the night falls is most important, and everyone needs to be come together to ward off the, like, darkness. Um, but they just haven't returned. Okay. Ferris has that night vision going for him. He, uh, he can see pretty well. And this is a little bit concerning. Like, he knows this area. It's, it's generally dangerous out in the wilderness in human lands, right? Like, humans don't do a very good job of keeping monsters at bay. Right. And he's a little bit worried that they might have run into some trouble. And I know what direction they went off, right? Yeah, they, they were... They went north. Um, and this, this time they were, like, headed east. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and I think I'm going to... I mean, there's there's also the snow that they would have left very obvious footprints in, so I think he's going to he's gonna try and follow after them. You're going to head out into the, the night, into the dark? Yeah. Screw it. I mean, it's I, I don't want to wait until morning. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's probably worse if I leave at dawn, because a lot of the bad predators are crepuscular, aren't they? Let's see. Uh, yeah. So you head out. I guess I, guess I don't know. So Fer Ferris is going to be uh, taking a chance on it. He's going to head out at night and see what happens. I mean, if uh, I, I, I guess his primary concern is if he waits out the night, they're more likely to be dead by the time he finds them. Mm -hmm. And he, he's, his whole goal is to try and get them back alive if he can. Okay. Uh, you head out into the night. I need you to make me a tracking check. Okay. Uh, it's wisdom, I believe. Yeah, oh. it should be perception. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I, I always forget we added that. So, yeah, 14. Oosh, bad. So you Unless, start... wait, so is it actively snowing here? Because if not, they would have left very clear footprints. They would snow. have left very clear footprints, yes. Um, so you'll get some bonuses for the clarity of their footprints, but mm -hmm. there's also, like, the penalties for time having passed. Then there's mm -hmm. bonuses for the number and group. I'm going to say with a, a roll of a 2, what a, um, wait, so if it's bone, because it's every 12 hours, and it's probably been less than 12 hours by the time they left. Uh, yeah, it's probably been a little less than 12 hours, maybe just around the 12 hour mark. And there are three of them, so that's a plus one tier bonus. There's. And I can, I, I don't know what the bonus is for like clear footprints in snow, but right. I also have like night vision, so the darkness shouldn't be an issue. Right, right. 
I'm, I'm basically wondering if it's enough to get a plus five with there being so many people and with the, the snow bonus. So you do, you are able to follow the tracks. They go for okay. maybe a mile uh, away from your home and then take like a sharp veer, like, you know, turning on a dime and head due south, um, which is not in the direction of food or anything like that. I'm gonna go south. Fer Ferris like thinks it over. I'm a little bit less concerned about getting them back alive because I've got a feeling these people have been trying to screw me over. But uh, I, 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 his curiosity is getting the better of him here, and he's not. He's not gonna wait until morning. He's going right now. All right. Uh, you head south, and the footprints continue for a little while. Continue for a little while. Uh, and then you see a pack of wolves in your path. Um, they seem to be stopped, uh, kind of like almost on top of the footprints and sniffing at something. Uh, but they look up as your crunching of snow approaches and okay. they kind of bristle their fur, which rises. Right. Uh, so and they let out my low growls. First, because uh, I don't know all the things that I own since this is before the actual campaign started. Mm -hmm. Do I have like torches and flint and steel on me? Do I have means of procuring fire right now? I guess is what I'm getting at. Uh, you definitely have your flint and steel. I don't think you have torches on you at this point in time. Okay. Do I have any like wood that I'd, that I'd be willing to burn? Like I might not have a torch. Do I have anything that's like readily burnable on my possession? Like do I, I, I might have brought means of procuring a fire with me. I don't really know. Uh, you probably have, have like a like tinder that. box with you, like the tools to set up a fire, but I don't okay, think you so brought like fire spontaneously. Wood. Right, yeah. Okay. That's unfortunate. Um, how best to deal with wolves? I think bears are the ones where you want to look bigger than them. Or maybe that's one where you want to lie down dead. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right, Ferris is going to like stand his ground. Wolves be intimidated? Let's find out. Uh, Ferris is going to try and, like, growl back at these wolves, and he's going to, like, stand his ground and maybe, like, take a step forward and draw out the saber very slowly and try and, like, they're, they're just mindless, or they're not mindless, but they're just animals, but he's hoping to, like, intimidate them. Okay. Like, I know they're predators, but they might, uh, he's thinking he can scare them you off. You know, you might be able to scare them off. Let's take a look here. I would die very fast in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why don't you, what is your reaction adjust on your charisma? Uh, not good. Let me check. Negative. Okay. Oh no, it's just zero. No, it's zero. Okay. Woo. Uh, the wolves don't seem to be reacting to your intimidation very well. In fact, they're beginning to like fan out in a semicircle uh, with the, like the ends of it coming around towards you in a very Have classic Have I gotten my Kopesh at this point? Uh, sure. Okay, so I, I do have my second weapon. Yeah. Um, hmm. This could be problematic. I assume I'm still level one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. So they're starting to fan out. 
I can't outrun wolves, and if I run, I'm probably screwed. So I think at this point, Ferris is really going to stick to like the whole intimidation game and like stand his ground. He draws the Kopesh as well, and it's kind of like go. He he looks as badass as he possibly can, and it's mostly to try and like scare off these wolves and avoid the combat at all. And uh, if it turns into a fight, he's going to be like ready to just attack the first thing to come to him. Yeah, the wolves seem to kind of be employing a similar strategy. Uh, they aren't attacking you but they're definitely set up in an aggressive position where if you make a move, like if you attack them, they, they'll have you surrounded. Okay. I think what I'm going to do then, I'm going to wait. Like they're fanning out. They're moving around, right? Yeah, they Once get you. A... So there's like five of them. So there's mm-hmm. one in front of you and there's like two, maybe 30 degrees off of them. And then like one on your left and then one slightly on your right, but like slightly behind you as well. Okay. Ferris is going to keep looking around him. And once there's like that, once the wolf in front of him, if it like moves out of his way and he can continue going south, he's just going to start moving south very slowly and keeping an eye on these wolves as he does it. Uh, They very clearly are not budging from that position. Uh, It almost seems unnatural that they are like, it almost, if you didn't know better, you would say these wolves are trying to stop you from going south. because you are like trying to edge around them and the lead one kind of just like moves to the side as if it's like shadowing your movements and glaring at you. Trying to stop me from going south. And it doesn't look like the elves, like the, did, do the footprints continue on a little ways past these wolves? Uh, I'm, they're, they're, they're kind of at the edge of your infravision at this point. Okay, and I don't see, like, any... It, from what I can see, it looks like they just keep on walking, right? It doesn't turn into, like, a scuffle or any sort of running or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Trying to stop me from going south. They did have a wizard. It's possible that she put, she put a spell on them. All right. We're going all in here. Ferris is going to like growl at this leader menacingly, probably like more reminiscent of looking at an animal than anything else. And he starts to walk toward it with like both weapons in hand with like a very determined pace heading south. And it, it, as soon as like one tries to rush at him, he's going to turn and, and swipe that shit. All right. Um, well, I think everyone here has like ready to tax against each other. So uh, <laughs> why don't we... All right. Let's, uh, I'll give you the first attack. Okay. And then we'll just see how it goes. uh, I always assume both attacks go off simultaneously. Yeah, if you're dual wielding, we do. Go for it. First first one is, um, plus one because Mm -hmm. of specialization. So 16 and 17, or yeah, 17 and 11. Uh, the 17 is a hit. All right, so that's going to be D8 plus two. Takes four damage. Reopen my wolf page. Second edition. I've been doing so much fifth edition lately. Oh my god. I I just started a new campaign that's on fifth edition too, and oh man. You know, I think what I what I really hate about fifth is um like the, the combat bloat, like the general mechanical bloat in it is kind of annoying, but what really gets me is uh, I don't like the high fantasy turn they took in later editions with like monks and warlocks and four different kinds of wizards. 
Mm -hmm. just like it, it feels like it's meant to be run in something like the Forgotten Realms. It is. That's where, exactly, where yeah. It, yeah, and it, it doesn't feel as friendly to a more low fantasy setting it's, like earlier editions of D and D were. Absolutely, it it is a the game you want to play if you want to play a crazy high fantasy setting. But yeah. I like my fantasy settings dirty and gritty. And low. I mean, I like um, I, I'd have fun playing Warcraft or something, but. I'm, I'm not I'm typically not as big on high fantasy right but it, it does what it needs to do very well it's just I, I usually mm -hmm. like things a little less pretty and clean yeah um, so you hit four four uh, the wolf survives and the five wolves roar in their descent upon you I might so I'm not sure but um I think the dex bonus applies as long as you're aware of all attacks against you. I'm not uh, sure if not against back attacks. Okay, I wasn't sure if that only yeah. applied if like you didn't see the attack coming. Um so it'll be know front and sides, but not back. Okay. Okay. Uh so the one in front is a natural one, one on your left side. Or it's front sixteen left. against most, um, and then any that are on my is, back are thirteen. Uh, 13, 5, 20, and nine. So the twenty is a hit. Yeah. And it's a natural 18. Uh, you said 16 AC? 16 AC. All right, so it's just barely not a crit. <laughs> um, the wolf rips into you for four points of damage. Okay. Um, uh, damn it. And now you are completely surrounded by wolves. Uh, let's just go ahead and give you the first attack because there's a lot of initiative rolls to make. Okay. Um, uh, I think uh, at this point I'm gonna I'm gonna basically like two tempo attack, but I'm gonna try and hit two wolves at the same time with this one. I'm gonna use okay. my main attack on the one that I hit before and my offhand attack on a second one. Sure. So two d twenty again. Uh, Thirteen for the the main hand. Thirteen's a hit. Okay. D eight plus two. That one takes another five. Close, but no cigar. Still standing. Uh, oh, wolves are three hit die creatures. They are three uh, hit dice? Yep, the, the ah, lead... Shit, I might have made a mistake. Yep. Uh, so we have a 17, a 17, and a 21, and like a 5, and a 9. Um, and so 17s are just normal hits. Each one does 4, and the that 21, I think, is a crit. <laughs> I'm down. Right. So you make these attacks at the wolves, and they just leap at you in unison, and you can feel their fangs like sinking mm -hmm. into your shoulders, and things just kind of go dark for you. Yeah. Um, I think like falling to the ground, Ferris shouts something like, "Yoon, what is this?" And then just like passes out in the snow. Right. You do find yourself waking up mm -hmm. back in the house. Um, your wounds are bandaged very carefully. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the the larger wound, that critical wound, seems like it's been magically attended to. And there is a small note um, left beside the makeshift bed that you have mm -hmm. uh, written in Elven. All right. So I, Ferris kind of like forces himself up in the bed and, and reads the note. Um it, it says, uh, Dear Ferris, we are very sorry about the wolves. Uh, we will come back for you one day at this house. We will definitely need it for rest, but um, uh, you cannot come with us. Uh, you are uh, awkward and gawky, uh, ask too many questions, and uh, do not know wilderness very well. Uh, you are liability. 
maybe one day you will grow into big souled elf. Uh, maybe one day we can have you along. Uh, this is nothing personal. It is mechanical in nature. Uh, we wish you good luck. We will come back and see you. Please do not try and follow us. Wolves are our friends. Please do not try and hurt them. Signed, Yun. P.S. If we find anything, we'll let you know. Alright, I think it, Ferris, like, just woke up after a near-death experience. And at this point is a little, uh... Like, he can't really do much at this point. He just kind of, like, falls back in the bed. Probably falls back asleep and wakes up again sometime later. Yeah. So, Ferris, the humans don't like you. You found some elves that were kind of cool, and then they, like, put you to labor building them a house and kind of abandoned you. Yeah. Um... How are you feeling, buddy? I think Ferris, like, once he gets up, he has a knife. And he's kind of, like whittling a little bit maybe i don't know what he's doing but then like he's got this he's got like a makeshift table in front of him he's got the the letter that was written and at a certain point he just kind of like jams the knife into the paper and starts thinking up his plan for murder and starts imagining how he plans to kill off this yoon character because as as far as ferris is concerned this this guy betrayed him and he uh he he deserves something coming back his way it, it's like ferris is almost honor bound in a way i think this is probably his more human side thinking that he's he's honor bound to visit mm -hmm. some sort of revenge on this character. And maybe a, a good way to end this is Ferris just kind of like sitting in this hut, planning out his murder. Um, all right. And I think that is the end for our Fro-Fro today. Uh, we've learned a little bit more about how Ferris came to the Frostlands, how he's learned a little bit more about Caledonia and what may lie there. And I think we've also learned a little bit more about how awkward and difficult it can be to be like a half-breed or a mixed-race character where the yeah. humans don't really like you and the elves don't really like you and no one really trusts you and you're kind of abandoned and on your own. Yeah, I think a good way looking forward for, for something for the people in chat is probably Ferris. Like Ferris's whole motivation for sticking around and wanting to like learn more like he becomes a pretty good tracker he learns a little bit more about nature and animals and all that and i think his whole plan is to learn enough to travel south get past those wolves and find you and murder him and that that's his plan going forward that's his that's his initial reason for sticking around and finishing this house and not leaving mm -hmm. i mean he has nowhere else to go back to and i think his whole like immediate plan going forward for the future is he wants to get stronger he wants to goku it up for a little bit until his power <laughs> level is high enough to uh to take out those wolves and find and kill Yoon. You're very set on killing you, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. All right. I mean, if he had, like, been there and told him in person, that might be one thing, but left a letter? No, no. That guy needs to die. All right. Well, that's it for today's Frozen Frontier. We will see you guys next week for a full Frozen Frontier episode with the full cast. Yes. Woo. Finally. Finally. It, I found out it hasn't, we haven't played since, like, mid-July. It's, it's been just, a while. I can't, yeah. I can't deal with that. Yeah. I need my fix. All right. That's it, everybody. Bye-bye. Have a good one.